Scott Huntermark recently finished his first 100 miler at the mines of Spain, but the training plan was a nightmare, to be very honest. This is a very raw conversation, and I really appreciate Scott being so open and sharing his story. Ultra running just, it's not always pretty, and sometimes the ugliness isn't the, like David Goggins style, broke his feet and taped him together and got wrapped up, but still finished kind. Sometimes it's just like night sucks and your headlamp breaks and your training falls apart because you got sick and then you got sick again and then you got sick again, but you still finished it anyway, kind. And that's when toughness really comes into play. Most of us can overcome one really hard thing or like a difficult spot or something really brutal. But the death of a thousand cuts is truly miserable. It can break down even the strongest among us. This is why Scott is one of, truly one of the toughest athletes I've ever met. We can all learn a lot from him. And he's just a great guy. I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. All right, this week on the podcast, we have Scott Huntermark. He is a, an athlete who just finished the 100-miler for the Mines of Spain, and I think it was his first 100-miler, and we're going to get into all that stuff as we go, but... First, Scott, I'd love to know how you ended up actually doing your current job, because I don't know how that happened. And uh, I think it kind of becomes relevant to training for your hours of sleep. So how do you end up doing what you do? Oh, man, I, uh, I landed on, on my current job kind of out of a, out of a fluke. Um, my, my previous role uh, with another company was was eliminated. So I was looking for something relatively soon, but I wanted to get in a totally different industry. I was in the cellular industry for over 20 years and, you know, sales is ours um, as far as what I do on my route. So So you broke up for a while there. Um, Basically going to have you for free reset. Uh, I got, I lost you at sales is so and your, your old job, it got eliminated. You were in sales for cellular. And then what do you do now and how'd you end up there? So now I'm a, a route sales um, salesman for Frito-Lay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason I'm asking is because like that has you up at what, like 2 a.m. every day? Yes. My alarm's uh, set bright and early at, uh, at uh, 2, between 2 to 2.30 a.m. every day. So. That's <laughs> fun. Super fun. Uh, where does that like? How does that affect your like general sleep? And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that now for four years. Uh, generally affecting my sleep. It's it's been a big deal. It's it's a big deal. I've got two teenage girls at home. My wife works uh, a eight to five yeah. uh, type job. So. You know, you, you want to stay up, you want to hang out, be part of the family, 
Um, everybody has activities going on. My girls are in sports. Um, my wife has activities that, that she's involved with. So, you know, going to bed at, at 6.30, 7 o'clock really doesn't work out on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel that. To say the least. Yeah. So, I remember yeah. the, like, adjusted schedule when I worked night shift. and It really puts a damper on your social life, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. But at least I get done early so I can, you know, take a nap. I can do my workout, do whatever. Um, and then, uh, yeah, be ready so, to engage with the, the family later. <laughs> so if we're looking at like fitting running into a schedule like that, do you tend to do it after work then? Like kind of early afternoon? Absolutely. So um, when, I'm, when I'm done with work, usually I'll hit like a, a lull or my energy level is pretty low and I'll, I'll get home and uh, I'll just kick it back into high gear, get my run done, get my workout done. Um, you know, usually it's sunny and nice out yet, especially during the winter hours when it's getting dark earlier, you know, I can still enjoy some sunshine. So I appreciate that. That's actually pretty nice, man. So it's like, I'm looking at running through a bunch of darkness here soon. So I feel you. Um, how did you get started with running was this the thing you did in high school or how long have you been doing this no definitely not in high school um oh my gosh i i remember in high school trying my my brother ran cross country and i remember trying to run from where my folks live to where my grandparents live which is only a mile down the road <laughs> and i'm like oh i can totally do this and it's like you know a gradual downhill and you know and run back two miles easy, right? I mean, it shouldn't be that bad. I mean, people in cross country are doing like, you know, double digit miles. Sure. Um, that did not work out very well. <laughs> so needless yeah. to say, um, you know, I was, I, I played football in junior high and cool. I had some water underneath my knees and I, I had a drop though. I love playing football. You know, if I got knocked down to my knees, it, it was not pretty. I mean, it hurt. And yeah, I of bet. the doctor, you know, the doctors are like, well, we can drain that fluid, but it's probably going to come back, you know? So what's, a, what's the point of that? Um, yeah. And, and the running thing really didn't work out. So I ended up not doing any sports during high school, but I always had this little fire in me on about running and, um, and when I was like 18, 19, um, I would go out and, you know, I would go for a mile run, um, what have you, what I could half mile, mile. It always, it always, you know, seemed to fill my bucket in that, in that little way, you know, that I could accomplish doing something that's hard. Um, and it kind of kept me in shape a little bit too. Um, sure. At the same time, I was a smoker and I smoked for like 15 years, right? So Got I'm it. sure yeah. that did not help the equation, but <laughs> somehow yeah. it helped balance in my head, you know, like the smoking, if I, if I can run some, you know, the effects won't be as bad. <laughs> I mean, you're probably not technically wrong, but yeah, it doesn't completely cancel it out, but it's at least does something, right? Like it's better right. than both being sedentary and smoking. So yeah, I feel exactly. you for sure, dude. <laughs> yeah. So if that's like kind of how you were like, at least got the bug in there, 
Um, how did you end up running ultras then? Because there's a big jump from that like mile to half mile struggle at 18 to running 100 miles, right? Yeah, it, 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 totally. So <laughs> fast forward, I I uh, I always you know ran periodically and you know, maybe that's once a month or, or what have you, but I always got that, that runner's high when I did. And I just, you know, and I love to do it though. I wasn't good at it. And, you know, there's nowhere, you know, two miles is like a lot at that time, but, um, you know, fast forward, you know, 15 years, um, I gained a bunch of weight. Ooh. I was like 240 pounds. You know, two kids later and awesome kids and awesome family, um, awesome wife. And, you know, here I was like, you know, I, I blew up like a balloon and no matter what I would do, I couldn't seem to really lose any weight. Um, yeah. So I, I started running and I kept pushing myself to go a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, and especially, you, you know, we talked about my, my current job and especially mm -hmm. with this current job. I mean, I remember starting and, you know, I was over 240 pounds and we have to stock some bottom shelves. And I remember sitting Indian style on the floor because that's all I could do. Right. And um, I would get home at night from my job and I'd, I'd throw ice packs up and down my legs uh, on both sides. No joke for like the first two months. I mean, yeah. I was a unit. This is the way back. more physical activity than um, <laughs> than I'm used to doing. And I grew up as a, as a farm kid. Right. So we did a lot of physical activity, but this was to a whole new level, um, you know, at the current moment in my life. I feel so, that. Yeah, it wasn't really till I, I started I started that job and I'm like, you know what, I really need to um, do some changes. I was on high blood pressure medication. I was like, you know, pre-diabetic. And I know there's a lot of people that have similar stories. And um, running just became my, my thing. Um, and I'd keep pushing myself after work. My wife got me my first Fitbit so I could track my steps. And made some really good social media friends, if you want to call them. Absolutely, you know, on there. And I still, to this day, do Fitbit challenges every single week. And, That's awesome, um, dude! I didn't know that. That's cool. <laughs> and slowly, you know, there was a bunch of us that that migrated over, and we're on Strava now together, and and what have you. Yeah. And, and some haven't, but it's still it's still fun keeping that connection. And and that was back in 2017. So a lot of these people, you know, I've known on social media for years now. Which that's is awesome, dude. Really cool. That's really that's really cool. Yeah, like I I love all of that. Like love the love the turnaround, love the change. Like I've made a couple of that in my life. And I want to like point out that this is where social media can actually be helpful, right? Like I historically i'm not the biggest fan but i've become a bit of a convert especially because coming in here because like if you use it appropriately then you can be motivated and like create these these groups of people across the entire country and you know drive each other to achieve huge heights i think it's just it's cool man it's really cool so that's it it's great it's fun and you know to be on that journey with with other people um 
that who are runners too, that, you know, back when I would do a mile or two and we'd be cheering each other on. Yeah, dude. I, I've got one buddy on there, uh, Andrew, who's out in, um, in the Carolinas. He is just, you know, incredible. You know, he's doing ultras now too. And, and we still chat and, you know, he's, uh, you know, put a bug in me to get out there come next May for, a little little ultra race out there you should That's do that yeah elevation so we'll see what happens you know you should go do that i think it'd be great <laughs> cool well i love that that just kind of you know built from a, a big change in life deciding to get in a little bit of better shape and moving through it and i will say one question i have kind of going back through that is if you had water under your knees in high school did that, that go away? Like, I know you and I have discussed some things with knee pain. Is that still there? Um, is this a thing that you kind of battle with to this day? All that. It did go away. Um, cool. And it never really hurt like post high school when, when, you know, I lived in town and I'd be running on sidewalks and what have you. It never bothered me running however anytime that I would kneel it, it did so it took quite a while and I still like I still have these big like bumps underneath my kneecaps and um it's it's uh it's one of they're still there they don't hurt but yeah it's it's definitely something that I, I didn't know how long I'd have issues for. I feel that. I mean, as someone with bursitis in my right knee that is like never going to go away, it's kind of a weird thing when, and it's different. Mine's not painful unless I hit it in the right spot, but it's just kind of weird when you have something going on that's kind of, I don't know, not normal for lack of a better term. You never quite know what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. So, so you recently finished Minds of Spain and congrats. I know you and I've talked twice then, but, but it's huge. Um, Thank you. That was your first hundred miler, right? That was my, my first completed hundred miler. Okay. I mean, I, I attempted one with, uh, with another buddy of mine at Potawatomi last year. And uh, we both ran into issues and we both ended up dnfing at different times um, but <laughs> yeah we, the year before we were in the 50 out there and we we're like all right let's up this goal a little bit for the following year you know sure what i guess let's go for the, the down first and we'll go up so what happened at potawatomi last year to you and your buddy that didn't get you across the finish line you know definitely for me it was something happened with me um in that in that 40 mile-ish arena I, I should say it started before that once I got to about you know 26 27 miles I felt like this this weird um this weird sensation like I had a wood chip in my shoe and uh which didn't surprise me based on the trail right and it was one of those things it was on the side of my ankle on the inside part of my ankle I'm like oh no big deal I'll just you know wait um till a good stopping point and I'll take it out well it was still kind of you know it was kind of annoying me 
And I got to the point where I finally stopped to take it. You know, I did a sweep in my sock with my finger and I'm like, oh, there's no wood chip there. That's weird. But I kind of did it again. And um, yeah. And then when I finally stopped and I took off my shoe, I had this big blister on the inside of my, my ankle, which I never had before. I never had a blister there. And I'm like, where the heck did this come from? And why here out of all places? I mean, I've had blisters other places and they're usually on my toes, but not there. Um, and it all started from there and it kind of went downhill. I had shoes at a at a at the next drop location and um actually out no, not at the next drop. They're about eight miles away, which doesn't sound like that that far, but when you need to change your shoes to you know take pressure off a point it's 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 a distance i mean so, anybody who's dealt with chafing for more than like two miles should understand that like eight miles it it exponentially gets worse every mile absolutely yeah. dude. i feel you yeah it, it adds up <laughs> definitely yeah, absolutely <laughs> so by the time i finally got to my my shoes to change them um i was i was kind of wrecked and i started hiking more um as well but I, I really got myself into a bad spot because I started hiking and my quads just like blew up um I mean they they literally they felt like a bunch of mad teenagers just you know hammered on both of my quads and they were <laughs> fallen and they they hurt to the touch and I'm like what in the heck I mean what is going on? I mean, I did a lot of elevation stuff. I, you know, a big elevation challenge in, in December of last year put on by our, our local ultra group, which was a super fun challenge. Um, and I did a lot of elevation. I'm like, why, why is this happening? What, what is going on? So anywho, yeah, I came walking into an aid station while hobbling into an aid station with two branches as my trekking poles. Oh, dude. <laughs> no, no headlamp. It was after after dark. No headlamp, and here I am, you know, coming over this hill, just a, a wreck. Oh man, so, yeah, it's 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 a horrible feeling. <laughs> yeah, dude, that is a rough day. Uh, I've had that sensation in my quads before, and it's not not a fun time. <laughs> so, I yeah, I can see how that would lead to lead to pulling out probably the smart choice there so if we're looking at this most recent one that you finished uh what was that a week ago the world's very strange um how was that how was mines of spain that race was completely incredible and i this was the second time i signed up for the 100 miler there i i did uh, last year and i had a drop back to the 100k and, um, and I didn't even know if I was going to be able to do the hundred K because I, I overtrained, I injured my knee during the summer and it just was kind of a, kind of a wreck there for a while. And, um, so yeah, this, I really wanted minds of Spain to be my first hundred and, and it was, so everything, you know, worked out. Right. Um, but what an absolutely incredible race, the community there, was just you know we're all rooting each other on and i i can't say enough good things about that group they're really awesome. it's awesome dude that's really cool i mean i can Sorry, tell like up on that one but man 
Yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of what this sport's about, right? Like the the support that you're you're there. And I mean, I read your like post race recap and the fact that you and a bunch of other other people like basically dragged each other through the through the darkness and like made it made it happen. It's huge, man. So like, let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, if you're if you're looking at Minds of Spain, it's a it's a five loops around a twenty mile loop, right? Like that's kind of our setup. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for um, one question I'd have that I think some people would be curious about if they're looking at a race like this is that loop course. Do you find that like helpful or harmful? Cause for me, I'd almost worried that like I get bored, but I think for other people, like <laughs> they'd find that really supportive when they're like in the later dredges yeah. of it to know where they are. So how did that feel for yeah. you? Um, it's, it's kind of mixed because, uh, Potawatomi was a 10 mile loop. And a 10 mile loop, you know, gives you 10 chances to DNF. Sure. It's easy. It's an easy out, you know, um, with a 20 mile loop, it's not as easy. And for me mentally, it was all about the loops. It wasn't about the miles. It was about the loops. Let's just get through the loop. Right. And it was not the time necessarily per mile, but it was a time on the loop. And that's kind of where my mindset was. And I had a couple of buddies that kind of helped me get that mindset when we would do preview runs there and, you know, training runs at, at the mines, you know, let, let's do it in five hours or, or what have you, what is the goal? So that's really where my, my mind was. It wasn't up till the last 10 miles when we were doing the countdown, you know, <laughs> um, that Good. that really came into play and of course my watch died on that so i had to lean on my my you know running buddy for that but <laughs> yeah it's awesome dude well good i i'm glad that's helpful and i gave i remember you saying that and i gave that advice to somebody who's running the loop k50 course uh, tomorrow and it's like just focus on the loop dude like this is the one like this is the loop you're in and finish the loop and then keep going right totally yeah. totally that was that was really, then I wasn't looking at my watch all the time and what have you. And, you know, I didn't need to be looking at my watch anyway. I already, you know, took a couple falls. I didn't need to take another one and injure myself, you know, in the last 20 miles. <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel that. So if we're talking struggles here, um, what, I mean, obviously it's running hundred miles. There's going to be problems. What did you find like difficult or what did you learn from this first one that you'd pass on to the next one? Uh, from this first one, um, <laughs> two things, I guess. One, I had planned to have two headlamps with me at all times and backup batteries. And for whatever, I was in a hurry. And for the third loop, it was going to be getting dark. And I did not grab my second headlamp like a dummy. I, I just didn't. Um, I, I grabbed my my one that my kids got me for Christmas the year prior. I'm like, oh, this is a good one. It's got the LED on top, you know, what have you. But I didn't uh, think about it being a USB charge. And though I had, you know, three, you know, battery packs in both my drop bags, that doesn't help you when you're out on the course, right? Even though I had those, they they didn't help me, and I, my freaking light went dead. Like, oh gosh, we were only probably two three miles in, but 
you know, there, when you're two or three miles in on a elevation course like this, you know, there's, there's this goat trail that you got to go up the side of the side of the hill. I mean, yeah. And you get to the top and I'm messing with it again and it would turn on and then it would just turn off again, you know, within minutes. So we were pretty deep in and my, my buddy, Dan, um, I'm like, is it on? And he's like, yeah, no, you know, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And this dude, freaking, he's running the 100K, so it's three loops. And, you know, he's got goals. He's got time goals. And he's like, come on, man. He's like, we'll go, we'll get this done. I'll get you through. And I'm like, I got one at you know, at the aid station, but it was the last aid station too. So he's like, oh, we only got to get through like 10 miles. He's like, we'll get you there. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'm like, <laughs> let's go. And I mean, what That's a huge, uh, that is huge. If I would have had to go back at that point, it would have cost me a good um, hour, if not more. I don't know that I could have completed it within the 33 hour, um, you know, time, time limit that the, yeah. that the had on. So I mean, five miles on a course like that is like an eternity. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Man. and it was, and, and that's where I took my second digger, you know, we we're going down kind of a, a rocky hill and I lost it and took a nice shoulder slash elbow dive into the, <laughs> into the brush on the side. And, you know, it was all good, but at the same time, you know, I, I felt bad for slowing them down. I'm like, oh man, you know? Um, and then we get into one of the aid stations, the one just before where I had my headlamp and there was a guy that noticed me working there and he's like, dude, do you need a headlamp? I got one in my truck. And I'm like, man, if I could borrow it, I will cer most certainly um, take you up on that offer. So awesome, that, helped, that helped a, a lot. That's really so, cool. I mean, I feel like that's what we're all here for. I did the same thing for somebody actually probably around the same time that that guy was giving you one. I was giving someone a headlamp because his went dead uh, while I was volunteering and you got to, you got to help each other out, man. It's one of those things. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I couldn't have thanked that guy and Dan enough for, for getting <laughs> to that point. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, so that's yeah. good. I'm glad like that's such a big thing for, you know, the community of the sport and why, it's such a welcoming place. So if we got, that was your first big one. What, what else did you learn from your, from your first hundred? Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a guy, I get in my head and probably my mental strength is, is one of the biggest things that can hold me back. And I think I can start spiraling and I know that, and I know that that happened at pot and um, at Potawatomi. And honestly, you know, it could have made my physical, you know, areas of, of hurt even worse. Oh, sure. So, um, I would say, you know what, for that, for that night portion, if you can find somebody to partner up with to get through the night, um, that is huge. You know, if you don't have a pacer, there's other people out on that course looking, looking for that as well. And um really this you know this this group that was out there we're just talking about pacers and and this was at i think it was loop loop three we were talking about pacers me and a couple other other people um 
within our group as we're just running. And like, you know, I didn't really think about a pacer and how, how valuable they would be and how much I would probably need one until it was too late. It was probably three or four weeks before the race. And I think you and I had a conversation about that too. And, uh, Love that. Yeah. yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Um, they're, they're so incredibly valuable. Um, and both of them are like, I, you know, Oh, you can jump in with us. My pacer is coming the next loop. And, you know, I'm like, really? I'm like, that is, that is so awesome. Here I got two people that are like, Hey, just come on in take along with us. And it was after that conversation that I had had, had, uh, headlamp issue and they were like a half an hour, 45 minutes, 40 minutes in front of us, which trying to catch up with them was, was pretty tough at that point. Then I ran in to another friend, um, a group of three of us were, were running and uh, ran into a friend, Eileen, and she's like, Scott, I know you don't have a pacer. Uh, what do you think about like partnering up for the night? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm like absolutely. <laughs> and she's like, all right. And what I didn't know is Eileen was, she she had the sleepies pretty bad and um for sure yeah, so she was, at one point she said she was laying on one of the park benches just taking a quick snooze and uh <laughs> but yeah we didn't know i don't think we knew how or i didn't know how how bad i was gonna need her support for the next two loops sure um but we both made it we both came in we both finished and it was it was freaking awesome. It's the longest I ran with anybody in a race. I mean, we probably ran about 50 miles together because it was at about mile 50 that we ran into each other. And then uh, we finished out that loop and then we did two more and came in at the finish line together. And it was just, it was just so cool. That's you awesome, know, I, man. I, on loop four, I was still feeling good. So, you know, I was still pulling along. We both ran into gut issues which was absolutely horrible um, <laughs> I mean, uh, i'm like popping probiotics out on the course every every few hours and you know I, i'm like why do they have to put these porta potties so close to the aid stations you know it's just <laughs> i'm like nobody needs to hear this <laughs> oh man <laughs> um, yeah and uh, you know it's not it's not all pretty i mean there's no. a pan, there's a point i needed to change my shorts and i'm just like humiliated and just talk about being uncomfortable and getting to that point you know what that's the raw part of doing some of this shit this hard shit that we do and absolutely yeah and i mean it's, you came through a lot of hard shit to get even to this race like i'm not going to dive too deep unless you want to like share what you want but i do want to show that like quite literally nothing can go to plan for like three fucking months and you can still <laughs> hit your goals um right so like in your in your prep for this you definitely hit some roadblocks and you still still got there man and like do you think some of that was part of the carryover to your struggles on the course yeah um so i'll just i'll, I'll lay it out there i mean <laughs> All this shit's real, right? It's uh, so I I ended up getting Lyme disease, um, 
actually not not too long after we just started training for this race and it was like a month (laughs) yeah and i didn't know what the hell and and this wasn't one of those things where like oh you've seen ticks you see the bullseye you know it wasn't like that there was at one point early on which i remembered later that i had three like black dots on my on the inside of my big toe which it's really hard to see you know you got to kind of you know, if you're sitting Indian style, you got to kind of twist your toe to see the underside of your toe. Um, but I'm not one that runs around outside without shoes and socks on. I just don't do that, you know. <laughs> and I do, I do check my legs and, you know, I check my arms and, yeah. you know, whatever for ticks. And my wife's a nurse and I had my wife look at it and I'm like, hey, check this out. And she's like, they just look like little blood blisters. She's like, you'll be fine. So I, I passed it off. For sure. Well, I don't even know how how much time, if it was two, three weeks later, all of a sudden I thought I I didn't know if I had the flu, if I had COVID or or what the hell I had. It was it was horrible. I was, you know, a fever in bed, you know, COVID test was negative, flu test was negative. I'm like, just to be quite honest, it happened. The worst part was over a weekend. And you know, I went into urgent care, they gave me some antibacterial medication, didn't really know what it was. And I had appointment with my doctor on Monday. And my whole goal was to stay out of the the hospital, stay out of the emergency room. That was my only goal, just because it's damn expensive to do that. Yeah. um, So anyway, I finally get to the point where I, I got to my doctor, and she looked at my foot because while I was sick in bed my big toe and my two toes next to them swelled up and um I didn't know why I'm like you know what is going on what's with my toes they're they're like blowing up and the funny part about it is the weekend before that I did a race I did like a nine hour endurance run so I'm like, you know, did I kick something? You know, what what happened? And actually, before that race, I did kick my my kid's gaming chair really, really bad and thought I broke my toe, but I, I didn't. It's just one of those things, though, that I'm like, I don't understand why this is happening. I get there. Um, the doctor looks at it and she's like, mm, I don't I don't know. And during our conversation, you know, I told her what I did. And at the very end, I'm like, you know, maybe we're doing blood tests and what have you. And I'm like, maybe we should throw on their limes just to make sure, you know, I'm like, I don't remember seeing any ticks, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, fast forward, it came back positive. Um, and I distinctly remember waiting for the test to come um, to come back. And I was doing a run, I think a short one that was on my training schedule. And I remember my notes putting on there that uh, my left knee felt like it was low on fluid. Mm. And I'm like, what the hell? I've never had this before. And then I had all these aches and pains that I'd never had, like... Yep you know, my thumb that I injured in high school and all this stuff that I just didn't understand where this was coming from. So now it all all made sense. But that journey was a hell of a journey because not only 
that I, I get that blood test done. And I had, you know, I had said to the person that called me back and told me that I was positive. I'm like, well, I can still, you know, train, right? Um, I can do low heart rate runs. I know I'm going to <laughs> medication for 11 days and what have you. And she's like, well, yeah, if you've been, been doing that, I would think so. You know, so I'm like, okay, let's roll yeah. with it. And then my swelling went down in my toes, but it never totally went away. So when I called him back after 11 days, I'm like, all right, I'm on my last day of medication. My swelling's still there in my toes. Um, the redness is still there slightly. What are we going to do another 11 days on, on this medication or what's the next steps? I don't know. And so they put me back on the medication for 11 days. And I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure, like, I've been doing low heart rate runs, you know, can I kick up the intensity now? And the doctor got wind of this and just, like, totally, like, busted my bubble on this one. He's like, no, absolutely not. We just did labs again and no intense activity whatsoever. I don't even want you speed walking. I don't want you going out for, you know. And I'm like, what? I'm like, are you? <laughs> and uh, I remember calling back in because I was just so dumbfounded by this phone call. I called back in the next day and I'm like, can you help me understand? Like, wh why? What, what is going on? Like, and they're like, you know what? They're in, in the nurse and she is so awesome. She, she happens to be somebody that I know. And she Good. knows some of the shit that I do. And I said to her, I'm like, can you help me? Like, oh, I can watch my heart rate. I can do low heart rate activity. And she's like, no, she's like, the labs came back and there's signs of tissue damage, organ tissue damage. So she's like, we don't know what it is. If it's the heart, if it's the liver, if it's the kidneys. Um, so that's why they're sending you to a... Um, a cardiologist and you need to get cleared by the cardiologist before you can do any in intense activity. And then I, you know, I said, well, you know what I do for a living? Should I be working? I'm pushing and pulling around 80 pound carts every day, you know, uh, some intensity to that. And she's like, that's a great question. Um, and that came back as of, no, I shouldn't. So yeah, I had three visits to a cardiologist all kinds of, you know, tests there and everything was clear. So I was finally able to get uh, back to back to training. But what I didn't know is that antibiotic that I was on for 22 days kills the good bacteria in your gut. It's an antibacterial um, as well as the bad bacterial bacteria. And I don't know what it was like three weeks after that, I, I was dealing with dealing with just horrible um diarrhea uh and it, it yep. wouldn't go away and long story short i mean i did two races with it and each race i did yeah two races with that and each one i did it was worse yeah and i distinctly remember the, the first race it was like it was ended up being a loop type race too and every couple loops i'd have to hit the bathroom and i'm like god this sucks and i'm like nothing's helping anti-diarrheal and then the second race i did which was was skoko i had to hit that bathroom every single loop it it was not pretty um so guess what it was c diff which basically is a gut bacteria that uh 
that that's not pretty. And the medication that they give you on top of that is like awful. Yeah, it sucks, dude. <laughs> it sucks a lot. <laughs> I'm just over here like muted, kind of laughing because there's nothing else to do. Like you and I met in June, dude. So it's not like all this was over the course of a year. It was like three months that you just yeah. got shit handed to you. <laughs> and you right. to, to your credit, and this is kind of why I wanted to dive into this a little bit. And like, thank you for sharing all that. Cause I know like, you know, not everybody wants to put their medical history out there, but it's like all that can happen. <laughs> and you just, you took it in stride as much as you can. Like you'd, you'd tell me you can't do cardiology. So we worked on walks and maybe a little bit of band training here you couldn't run so we did strength training as much as we could to like keep your quads working we made adjustments and this is like why doing this shit is so hard sometimes because life is not cooperative and you took as much of it as you could and handled it and you still got across this hundred miler finisher finish line uh after three months of i i could Dude, very honestly, I, I couldn't have written it worse. <laughs> this is like a fucking novel. So yeah, dude, credit to you. And thank you for sharing all of that. But it was it was a nutty three months. Oh my God. And if I know, and if anybody out there listening to this um, has limes, right? And they're put on medication for limes, please talk to your doctor about a probiotic. Get on something because... Um, my wife being a nurse and she's like, after it came back positive for C. diff, she's like, oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> like why, why didn't somebody say something a while ago? You know, yeah. like, um, I didn't know the meds that you're on or I thought of it too, but it's, yeah, it's one of those, like, I will say if you're on a hefty antibiotic like that, a good probiotic and not like, I'm sure Activia yogurt's fine, but we're talking like seed or vlc number three or something that will actually like help reseed your gut um they've shown that after about three months your body will kind of level it out anyway but like if you want to expedite the process like let's get a good probiotic in and can help you out a lot and it i mean so the thursday that race the minds of spain was on friday on thursday morning i woke up and i had the same symptoms there was one particular thing that i had that i had with c diff that i never had before and it was back and that's why I had my baby at probiotics out of the course with me. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God. And just trying to stay hydrated as much as possible. Um, I'm like, you know what? We've come too far. I've I've trained too hard to just throw in this tall. It's not, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> you did great, man. And there you are in your sweatshirt with your belt buckle somewhere in your house. And congrats, dude. Yes. So I know we're like wrapping up a little bit on time. You have family coming into town. I wanted to ask, like, have you had a coach before? No, no, I've not. Cool. Um, awesome. Well, you were easy to coach. I honestly am kind of surprised by that. So great. Uh, how, how was it? Um, it was awesome. It, it really was because the, uh, the areas I really needed help with was, you know, when, when you're doing this crazy hard shit, you just don't know how much you need to do in training without overdoing it and hurting yourself. Yeah, um, dude. <laughs> I felt like the whole time I needed to push my limits, but sometimes I just, I just don't stop when I should. Um, 
so it was awesome yeah. having somebody there to help guide me um, through this without hurting myself and getting my nutrition and my hydration to where it needed to be. Um, so yeah, it, it was, I, I would highly, highly recommend it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily a sales pitch for me. It's like, I think people should, you know, have a coach once or twice, kind of see, see where you are, see what you might get a little better at, but thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And I mean, it, it, it's no joke. I mean, you have people out there, I'm sure are struggling with like, you know, how much do I need to do? And there's training plans online. Sure. There's training plans online, but everybody's different and everybody does some different stuff. So you know, and everybody has curveballs of some sort. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Whether it be one of the most ridiculous three months I've had, or, you know, everybody listening to this probably knows I basically tore my MCL a few weeks, months, months at this point ago. Like, you're probably going to get a curveball in your training. So that's yeah. kind of why it's helpful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And moving into future i know you're gonna do a little bit of strength training and i'm gonna write that program later for you today but as far as like what what's next on the racing front well as of 722 this morning my buddy dave and i decided that we are doing pot. well <laughs> he already committed to it but i i committed to doing the pot 100 come april so that is what's up next you know i said to him i'm like hey I'm like, hey, what do you think about partnering up through the night? And he's like, absolutely. And uh, so he's, well, he didn't say absolutely, but he said, yeah, I think that's a great idea. He's like, you know, um, the last one, his first 100, he did uh, at Hennepin, which was so awesome. That was the beginning of October. And um, was he the one you paced? Uh, no, no. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, though, that if. <laughs> If anybody has the opportunity to pace somebody before they do their first 100, you can literally see what somebody goes through, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, all that shit between miles 20 and 100, uh, do it. It's worth every minute of it. I mean, volunteering at aid stations is, and crewing is awesome too. Don't get me wrong. But if you're out with somebody for 20 miles side by side and you're seeing all the shit that's coming their way and they're they're doing yeah yeah dude it's good stuff so anyway yeah with your shortened scale i'm actually really happy with how that turned out you ran your 50k and then immediately like went back went into pacing somebody over you know <laughs> the, the end stages of 100 so we got this like <laughs> weird little impromptu training camp that i usually <laughs> would not recommend oh, uh timing wise but again you gotta you gotta roll with what you have and yeah, sometimes I think pacing, definitely crew somebody before you do some crazy stuff like this. And if you have the opportunity to pace and it would be a good fit, great choice. Absolutely. And and Cadence was a guy that I was out there pacing. He was absolutely just phenomenal. And he 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 crushed his race. I mean, his first 100 under sub 24, I mean... I, I I was worried I wasn't going to be able to keep up with him after doing a 50k that morning. So <laughs> that's huge, dude. That's awesome. Good for him. That's really cool. All so cool. Yeah. Well, you're running pot 100 in April. Great. <laughs> I'm stoked to see how that goes. And uh, 
him we pretty much the, our core group uh, that that did Minds of Spain that we all kind of trained together. There's about ten of us that I think, based on our group chat, <laughs> are pretty much committed because of the experience to doing it next year. So, if anybody listening is looking for just an amazing, amazing hundred mile or hundred k race, uh, Minds of Spain. I mean the best one of the best race directors around josh and michelle i cannot say enough they're like you know they're just awesome and the volunteers out there um and just a family atmosphere you can't beat it and it's a tough course if you want a challenge that's a tough course yeah dude it looks uh rough and i don't think it's um I think the stats on paper don't give it nearly enough credit. If I'm going to be really honest, like you hear people talk about it, it sounds hard. And like, if you look at the finishing times, what five people finished under 24, like it looks, yeah. looks fucked for being really honest. Like it looks hard. So yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah, it is. And the, the DNF rate, I mean, just looking back over the years, it's like, you know, I don't know, this is my first one. Right. But it's like 60, you know, um, the finish rate is like 60 to 70 percent yeah um so i don't know if that falls in line average with other races or, or where that falls but that's just you i know. think it's i think it's a little like the finish rate's a little low the dnf rate's a little higher from what i from what i can put together it kind of depends but yeah dude it looks tough it's a tough race yeah it's definitely definitely a challenge but <laughs> the verts and the different climbs and um oh my god some of the stairs oh, <laughs> you sold it so hard now we're just like nah don't do this one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well thank you i appreciate you coming on here scott anything else you want to tell anybody before we head out no i don't think so just uh enjoy the journey it's fun. And, you know, I tried to take that leap from going from a 50 miler to a hundred miler. And, you know, I, uh, if you're thinking about doing that, a lot of people can certainly do that. I, for one, I needed to do that hundred K first <laughs> and, uh, and really, you know, take the, take the gradual steps instead of trying, trying to jump into something high. So. I think that's wise, man. And I, I do feel like there's there's a big gap between the 50 and 100 miler. I think I don't know if it's the night or what, but like it's it's a very large step. Yep, it's definitely definitely a difference there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd feel stupid because it's like twice the mileage, but I mean, it's there's something more than just twice the mileage. It's a lot. Well, thanks, it's man. Doable. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got it. Well, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I'm going to click close. Hold on one sec. Thank you, anybody who listened to this, and we'll be back soon with more. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, Please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.